We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the panel game and your chairman tonight, Humphrey Littleton. Hello. Well, the score at the moment stands at 483 to 13, so there's everything to play for. And here are your two teams for tonight. Uh, first team, Joe Kendall and Graham Garden. And opposing them, John Cleese and Tim Brooke-Taylor. In this first round, I ask each team... I ask each team to sing a song, but singing alternate words. If anyone sings only two words, or half a word, or dries up altogether, or parts company with Dave Lee's accompaniment, then that team can salvage a point by doing it at twice the speed. Joe and Graham, your song, please, is When I'm 64. When I get older, losing my hair, Birthday greetings, bottle of wine. If I'd been out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? Joe Kendall fell at the last sense, uh, the last fence, so uh, will you do it at uh, twice the speed and see if you can get through it? No. When I get older, losing my hair, many years from now, will you still be sending me a Valentine? I greetings, bottle of wine. If I'd been out till quarter to three, would I lock the door? Will you, you still be me? That was pretty good. Three out of a possible two. Now, Tim and John, your song is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Rudolph the... Hey, that's a bit fast. Wow. It's been an objection. Oh, well, come on. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would say All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never met poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, I want you guide my say tonight. Then on the rain. It was longer than theirs, Uncle Hump. You can redeem a mark by singing that at a... At a <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> Rudolph 
with a red nose reindeer had a very tiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it blows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. Then one foggy Christmas Eve. Two marks for that version, uh, making the score 3-2 at the moment. Uh, later on in the programme, towards the very end of the programme, I'm going to ask the teams to announce people with silly names to a particular function, and to give the players time to think them up, I'll leave it until uh, right to the end of the programme before I ask for their silly names, but they are going to have to announce the late arrivals at the stage, screen and radio ball. Now we have the round word for word. I'm going to give each team a word and they must immediately come up with another word which has nothing whatever to do with the word I gave them. The other team can challenge and try to prove a connection. We're going to start with uh, John and Tim. And your word to start off with is jumper. Bat. Cucumber. Strength. Antediluvian. Banana. Crochet. Stoke. Umbrella. Hair. Toenail. Boot. Graham's challenge. <laughs> what, what's your challenge, Graham? Well, I think hairs and toenails are really connect connected, aren't they? <laughs> They're not the collected, bones. anyway. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, on the, yes, I'll allow that one. Ooh. On the grounds that a rhinoceros's toenails are made of hair, I'm told. Yes. yes. <laughs> Absolutely true. Every word of it. Any, any queries from listeners should be directed to the living world. <laughs> uh, Graham, start off with bracket. Hexagon. Challenge from John Geometric Keith. terms. Quite, exactly. Two points. <laughs> and the next. Now, one, one to Graham there, because it's, it's right, not right, a geometric. Yeah. Brackets are an uh, architectural term. Well, algebraic. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> John, you start then with refuse. Refuse. Steep, steep, steep. Challenge. Refuse and refuse are connected. <laughs> They are, in fact, collected in this case. Start again, John. Refuse. Refuse. Uh, steed. Pardon? Steed. I said pardon. <laughs> A-diadocokinetic. <laughs> elephants, elephants put umbrella staff. Stilton. Crumpet. Mice. <laughs> <laughs> in Walking stick. Uh, exercise book. Tractor. Cosmonaut. Lynx. <laughs> Portuguese island of Macau. <laughs> Throat. Puma. Armchair. Tome. Love nest. Vowel. <laughs> I'm going to stop that now because we've already run into the next programme <laughs> by ten minutes. 
Has anybody uh, heard? Nine to Tim and John for endurance, and two <laughs> to Joe and Graham for atrophy of the uh, buzzer-pressing finger. <laughs> and I think we'll go on... Oh, we'll give them one more. Joe, we'll get, let you start with the word smut. Clock. Pentameter. Horse. Duke. Wellington rode a horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He rode yeah. a horse. And he also had a horse, but he called Norman. Norman. Right, uh, Tim. He also had an elephant's foot umbrella stand. We didn't stop you. <laughs> Tim, will you start with the word giggle? Trumpet. Spoon. Microphone. Elf. Elephant's foot umbrella stand. <laughs> elephant's foot umbrella stand. Repetition. Oh! Elephant. What? Repetition. Different game. <laughs> now we had that, it is, yeah, I give you that point. <laughs> we did have that uh, three months ago. That makes the score now... Uh, <laughs> Just because my vocabulary... Very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, uh, the next round is world records. This is where I'm going to read out a world record to each member of the team, and I'm not going to tell him or her what the record is for, and uh, we will have 150 points for a correct definition, <laughs> and one point for anybody who gets anywhere near it. Tim, yours is the first world record, and it is 366 halfpennies, 26 sixpences, 17 threepences, 11 pennies, 4 shillings, Total 424 coins and the value one pound 17 and fivepence in the old money. It's a relief. I thought you were going to ask me to add them up. Uh, <laughs> um, I might do that later. Yes, I know that one, actually. Yeah. Can I answer it if I know it, actually? You, yes, yes. Oh. Pity I said that. Uh, <laughs> it's, in fact... Um, Sounding like Cluffy now. Um, it's, uh, yes, you know the, the astronauts on the moon? Um, not personally. Not personally. Well, and then I can tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> speaking down to Houston, you have that pip. Well, that, in fact, are the pips on the telephone, and those are the coins they have to put in the telephone. <laughs> when the pips go. You mean one pound seventeen and five pence for three minutes, is it? Isn't isn't that right? Oh, I don't think it's as much no, as three it's more minutes. Than that. Yes, it's gone up. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you one point for being within. Uh, well, I won't say within within the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> because in fact, the answer is it's the most number of coins swallowed by anything other than an ostrich. They were found in the stomach of a fifty-four-year-old man. It had killed him, presumably. No, no, it's, it's his way of saving. <laughs> John Cleese, your record is nine Hebrew cubits. Um, well, a cubit, as far as I was, four and a half inches. So nine, three, thirty-six, so, so thirty, forty and a half. Forty and a half inches. So it is the greatest height ever reached by an Egyptian space probe.
actually, you, you're not in the same universe, but uh, <laughs> I'll give you a mark for that, for ingenuity. It's, actually, it's, it, it is the greatest height that has ever been jumped by an Israeli Minister of uh, Agriculture and Fisheries <laughs> without dislocating a hip. <laughs> it was. That, uh, yes, you get it an was. extra it was. mark. Sorry, last night. Yes, it has been broken. You get an additional mark for that because I'm assuming that he jumped Og, the king of Bashan and Gilead. Right, right, right. yes. Right. Because <laughs> nine Hebrew cubits is the height, or was the height, of Og, the king of Bashan and Gilead. Dead right. Who is said to be the tallest recorded man, although it's uh, computed on the flimsiest of evidence. It's based on the length of his what arm bedstead. What did he record? Because I didn't even know he was... Uh, <laughs> on the uh, length of his what? Based on the length of his arm bedstead. <laughs> oh, yeah. But for all I know... It's wonderful what you can pick up I mean, just sitting in the car with a radio on. Yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For all I know, he and his wife may have liked to sleep uh, sort of head to foot, so to speak. <laughs> so I don't think it's a very good answer, that. But still, you get your two marks for that. Graham Garden. <laughs> Your record is 160 million times from June 1948 <laughs> to June 1956, a total of eight years. 160 million times in eight years. that sure <laughs> and 60 million times ah yes I know it is in fact the newspaper stuffing record uh, held by a man in Cleveland Ohio is that right anyway uh, it is and um, <laughs> the right continent it he he in fact stuffed 160 million copies of the Times into the ear of a live Thompson's gazelle between those dates in a space of eight years. Is that right? Uh, I'm, assu I'm assuming that as a result of that, he then uh, set up the longest recorded attack of hiccups. Is that right? Ah, yes, that's what I meant. Well, you've got your two marks. <laughs> I thought it was the gazelle. Yes, he was, in fact, not from Cleveland, Ohio. He was from Los Angeles. Jack O'Leary was his name, and he hiccuped 160 million times in an attack lasting eight years. Of the 60,000 remedies that he tried, only one eventually worked. And you get an extra 15,000 marks, if you can tell me what that is. But I can't wait. Death. It was a prayer, a prayer to St. Jude, the patron saint of lost causes. <laughs> right, Joe, it's your, uh, you get two marks for that, uh, Graham, because oh. you were very, very close to it. Uh, Joe, <laughs> yours is, is a simple one, 15,000 nudes. It's all the members of the House of Commons, the House of Lords, the um, staff of Buckingham Palace, and the entire civil service without their clothes on. Could well be, actually. Yeah. <laughs> interesting to see it is. I think mm. the latest figure shows Who, uh, back in the year 1964, one year before it closed, visited the Lille du Levant nudist camp. Is that right? That's absolutely yes. right. right. That's what I was thinking right. of. Uh, because this is the uh, number of people in the world's largest nudist camp, which is the place I just said and can't pronounce again. It contained 15,000 naturists 
and it was a nudist camp until 1965 when it was taken over by the French Navy for defence purposes. Is that the bare facts? Uh, exactly. Now we have the round that's called Misleading Readings. Each team will be asked to perform a short scene from a well-known work, classic, <coughs> and the other side must guess what it is. They're going to, naturally enough, perform it in disguised accents. Joe and Graham, your reading first of all, please. And Joe and Graham's reading is from The Three Sisters by Anton Chekhov. <laughs> the audience now knows the answer. Joe and Graham, away you go. They called you Major for some reason or other. <laughs> well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> That's a reading. <laughs> you like a little more? Than no, thank you. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> well, you're getting it. The lovesick majors, what they call them, eh? In those days, you only had a moustache. Oh, dear, how much older you look? How much older? Yeah, well, I was still a young man in those days when they called me the lovesick major. I was in love with a different now. But you haven't got a single grey hair. You've aged, yes, but you've certainly, you're certainly not an old man. <laughs> Nevertheless, I've turned 42. Huh? Is it long since you left Moscow? That's a clue. <laughs> In the Staraya Basmalaya. How funny, we did too. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the end, is it? Yeah, you're telling ah. me. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, we have a clue there. I think this is probably one of the earlier pieces by uh, Stolnikov or ah. possibly Razmolnikov. What do you Razmolnikov, what do you feel? Yes. First time at Wembley. Yes. Um. <laughs> I think he's going to be the sweeper up, and I yes. think Chekhov's probably going to be one of the strikers. A little more attack, I think he's required <laughs> on the side. Yes. Yes. We reckon it's Russian. <laughs> and because we don't know any others, we'd say Chekhov. <laughs> now we're pushed. <laughs> it's not, as John says, seagulls over Sorrento. No, no. no. I don't. <laughs> Um, I'll give you a clue to the extent that I thought it was by Louisa M. Alcott. Louisa M. Alcott. Uh, little Cherry Orchards. <laughs> um, the uh, Seagull three Women. Three Sisters. <laughs> hey. I tell after, after a bit of help, so uh, <laughs> you get two marks for that. And will you, Tim and... Uh, John, give your reading now for Joan Graham. Which is, of course, from William Shakespeare's Henry V. Put off your maiden blushes about the <laughs> thoughts of your heart with the looks of an empress. I am thine. <laughs> that is as it shall please the roi, mon père. Nay, it will please him well, Kate. It shall please him, Kate. That's all as I content me. Upon that I kiss you, handing and call you my 
Laissez m'enseigner, laissez, laissez, ma foi, je ne veux point, uh, my boring you at all. Que vous abaissiez votre grandeur en baissant la mandine de votre seigneurie. No way to get into the club and market in the Excusez-moi, je veux supplier mon très puissant seigneur. Mais demain, interprète, what says she? That is not a uh, bid fashion for the ladies of France. I cannot tell what is better on English. To kiss. <laughs> Your majesty entend better que moi. It is not a fashion for the maids in France to sit kiss before they are married. Would she say? <laughs> oui, Raymond. And that uh, concludes the reading for this evening, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there are the sufficient clues there, we hope, for uh, the right panel opposite to be able to guess both the play and the characters involved. Joe Kendall and Graham Garden, can you identify that? Yes, well, there was, um, was there some French in there somewhere? No. <laughs> Not really, no. No, no. no. Well, that was misleading at first. Um, <laughs> it, otherwise, it sounded very like... Um, uh, does it come from the complete works? Who's, no, who's, who's complete works? Who's? Um, things. Things, you know, the, um, the, the Shakespeare one. Oh, the Shakespeare, no. Yes, oh. yes it does. Oh. Yes, it does. Yes, William. It? William. It's his, it's his brother, William. William Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh. Shakespeare Brothers. Shakespeare. <laughs> ah, now there's a clue, because they only wrote one play, the Shakespeare Brothers. Um, it's a historical play. And it's uh, one of the five Henrys in it. One of the eight Henrys. Well, make up your mind. Which? Which? One of the, the fifth five, of one the of eight. eight. Which? Fifth of the eighth, fair enough. Henry the yeah. five eight. I thought at one point this would become a historical programme before we got the answer out of them. But uh, anyway, it was in fact Henry the Fifth by Shakespeare, so you get your two marks. The score at the moment, I feel it incumbent upon me to tell you, that the score at the moment is to uh, Tim Brooke Taylor and John Cleese, 34 and to Joe Kendall and Graham Garden, 37. So it's really become... <laughs> really become jolly uh, tense. <laughs> <laughs> this next round is called Tag Wrestling. I'm going to give each team the tagline of a story or anecdote. I shall start off with one team who must tell a story ending in their tag. But when I press the buzzer, the story passes to the other side uh, who must work towards their finishing line, too. If you have any idea at the moment about how this uh, round is going to work, you're way ahead of me. The winning team is the one who reaches their tagline first. So, we'll start with Graham and Joe, and your tag is as follows. Goodness, said the cook, whatever is Roger doing hanging upside down in my nighty from the clock tower of Kuala Lumpur Town Hall? <laughs> Hanging upside down. And John and Tim, you realise this means war, said the Archbishop, <laughs> taking off his wooden leg <laughs> and handing it to the first violinist. <laughs> oh, <come. laughs> Joe and Graham, to start the story off, please. 
Right. <clears throat> it was a beautiful day in Kuala Lumpur as <laughs> noon struck from the clock in the clock tower of the town hall. Cook was hanging out her washing when Roger, her boyfriend, crept up behind her and gooped and said, Roger, what are you doing here? I thought you were still in England. And Roger said, I beg your pardon, took the first plane back to England. <laughs> back in England, he was marrying Nancy, a nice little girl who worked on the farm down in Somerset. However, he was very unhappily married, so he flew straight back to Kuala Lumpur, <laughs> where the cook was again doing her washing, and he was so happy that he leapt into her nighty. At this moment, a large coach came round the corner, <laughs> being uh, one of the coaches chartered by the extremely large ecclesiastical orchestra, which was making a tour of the Far East. <laughs> uh, amongst the uh, very heavy complement of woodwind players and... Uh, Look out, cried Roger, as the coach plunged into the river. <laughs> climbing up the clock tower. Climbing up the clock tower. Still in the nighty, he rapidly approached Cook once again, but unbeknownst to her, he slipped on a bar of soap. Oh. Just in time to avoid the second bus load. Please, <laughs> orchestra, the driver. Out leapt the Archbishop, <laughs> wooden leg in hand. <laughs> but Roger ignored him, and uh, he, as he was a campanologist, he climbed back up the clock tower in order to ring the bell. Seeing him at that moment, the cook said, Goodness, head the court, whatever is Roger doing? The Archbishop leaping out with his uh, wooden leg in hand, and uh, with his uh, wooden hand in leg, um, plunged to the fallen coach and pulled out all the violinists, except for the first violinist, who was badly trapped between the dashboard and the rear wheel. An interesting Roger, seeing this, laughed so hard that he slipped off the bell tower, clock tower, uh, his nighty caught halfway down, and Cook, looking up, said, Goodness me, what is Roger doing hanging upside down in my nighty from the clock tower of Kuala Lumpur Town Hall? Yes. <laughs> I'll give that to... Uh, Merciful, if nothing. Graham and Joe, because they got very, very close to it on two occasions. Now, the time has come for me to ask the teams to announce their late arrivals. Let me remind you, these are the late arrivals at the... Stage, screen and radio ball. That Mr. Adam is his. Pardon? Ah, starring Glenda Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and their daughter, Elizabeth. Ah, starring Glenda Jackson. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ert Island Dist, introduced as usual by Roy Plumley. <laughs> and their son, Des Ert Island Dist. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Otter's World and their son, Tom. <laughs> Lord and Lady Box Jury and their son, Duke Box Jury. An elderly gentleman. Mr. and Mrs. Ick Roundabout and their daughter, Madge. <laughs> Roundabout. <laughs> How about the intellectuals, Mr. and Mrs. Oh, Snee, and their daughter, Claire Snee? Yes, we're well, the intellectuals tonight. Very, very French. Rather short on intellectuals. <laughs> <laughs> Who's if we, if we uh, Mr. No, and Mrs. If, 
recording studio and their son, Rick. <laughs> at this point, I'm going to tell you that the score is absolutely level pegging with Joe and Graham at 77 and Tim and John at 84. <laughs> so unless there are any further arrivals... Mr. Mr. Uh, <laughs> Mr. David Jacobs and his good friend, Danny, questions. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Abita and their son, Alf. <laughs> the time has really come to say that that's the end of uh, this edition of I'm Sorry, I Haven't a Clue. And it's our thanks to the contesting teams, Joe Kendall and Graham Garden. <laughs> who are leading by one mark, and John Cleese and Tim Brooke-Taylor. <laughs> who are leading by three marks, Dave Lee at the piano. And for me, goodbye. That was Humphrey Littleton saying goodbye on behalf of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, and Joe Kendall. Dave Lee at the piano, and producer John Castles. <laughs>